0: And see, I don't want just an expert, Chris. You know this now. I don't mean to be unkind, but we live in a day and age where if you can get enough clicks and enough followers, you're an expert. So true. And I want somebody who's an expert only because of their expertise, meaning their experience. <laughs>
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to another incredible episode of For the Love of Money. I am out of my mind excited for today's show because we are about to talk with Ken Coleman about every single thing that we always try to teach on the show. And that is proximity and your environment and your tribe, and your relationship capital, because Ken is the ultimate expert at all of this. Now, you probably already know Ken from being the national radio host of The Ken Coleman Show, super popular show. And he's also the best-selling author of the hit new book, The Proximity Principle, which is absolutely crushing it out there and lays out the strategy on how to get into the exact career that you were meant to get into and that you will love. You know, Ken is a total expert at helping people discover what they were born to do and how to do it. Matter of fact, he gives you such practical, tangible steps to make it a reality. And I think that's why I love this episode so much. You're going to love his story about when he felt stuck and when he felt unfulfilled, despite having a good job and a good career that was already providing well for his family. I think so many of us have been there before where we go down one road and we are grateful for the situation we are in, yet we know that we are called to do something else. And that can be a tough choice. That can be a brave choice to have to make that pivot and pursue something new. And he goes into detail on exactly how he did it and how you can do it too. So we're going to go really deep in helping you know when to make that pivot yourself by giving you the map to the people and the places that you're going to need to get there. I mean, we're literally talking about the map to becoming successful in what you were born to do. No different than the map that I built for you to improve your relationship with money, The Money Principles. For those of you that have already taken the money principles, by the way, I am loving, 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 loving your breakthroughs that you're sending me. Things like, I can't believe how bad my programming with money was, but how much hope I have now. Or comments like, this is the most confident I have ever felt with money in my future ever. Those are the comments that mean the world to me. That is exactly why I built the money principles. As a matter of fact, if you're looking for the same type of breakthroughs as what I just read there, then I want you to go immediately after this episode to truthaboutmoney.com. Again, the minute this episode is done, I want you to go to thetruthaboutmoney.com to crush your fears around money once and for all. Now, listen, if you're going to pursue your calling, like if you're going to go all in, which by the way, all of you have the right to do, then Ken is about to teach you the five people you're going to need to meet and the five places that you will need to be or eventually be in order to make that happen. Matter of fact, his tips on how to connect and how to collaborate with people are amazing. We're talking literally about the script that you can say, the answers to the test when it comes to reaching out and meeting the people that you want to meet, because I know this can be one of the most tough or awkward things to initiate. So get ready, listen up, because this episode provides every answer that you've been looking for in order to work in the passion that you were put here to work in. Get ready, take some notes, because here we go. Ken Coleman, thank you for being on the show. I'm really grateful.
0: Well, Chris, I'm thrilled to be with you. Excited about what you do. You have a great program and a great reach and excited about our time together.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I've, I've got to tell you, I've actually been pretty anxious to do this interview because I talk about proximity. And environment and building relationship, like all of the things that you teach in your book are stuff that we talk about quite a bit mm-hmm. on this show. So, this is going to be like the perfect episode for everybody listening.
0: Well, now there's no pressure at all. So,
1: <laughs> <wait>. <laughs>
0: no, I, I, I appreciate that. And you know what's fun about hearing you say that is that all successful men and women have figured this thing out. I just came up with a name for it. And we've got some obviously very practical and specific content in the book. But this is the key to success, and, and men and women for centuries, uh, since the dawn of time, have figured this idea out that proximity is such a practical and powerful tool. As I like to say, proximity positions me where I need to be and propels me to where I want to be, and you certainly get it. You're, you're a living, breathing model of the proximity
1: principle oh man i appreciate that so i always start my show with some rapid fire it's just kind of a fun way to get my listeners to get to know you in a hurry and if something really good comes up we'll circle back around and do a deep dive on it how's that sound to you let's do it all right real easy where'd you grow up uh
0: virginia on the coast uh the east coast of virginia there is called the tidewater area
1: oh ah, sure and where do you live now
0: Nashville, Tennessee area, but we're in Franklin, Tennessee, a beautiful little small town suburb of Nashville.
1: Oh, uh, what the listeners don't know is you and I were just kind of chatting about Nashville before we hit record here. And when I said that I go to Nashville, I wasn't specific enough. I actually go to Franklin a couple times a year because I've got dear friends there.
0: Oh, I, li- I live two miles outside of downtown Franklin.
1: I've, I'm guessing you are in the same neighborhood as them. Anyhow, I digress. Uh, what is one of your all-time favorite quotes?
0: Oh boy, that's a good one. Uh, Don't sacrifice your future on the altar of the immediate.
1: Mm, Love it. Said
0: said by an old guy that nobody's ever heard of.
1: (laughs) What is one of your superpowers?
0: Discernment.
1: Oh, that's good. What's one of your favorite books outside of this smash book you have right now?
0: Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty.
1: Mm. What's one thing you're challenged by right now?
0: Being a Better Father.
1: Oh, I love that. Just a couple more. What's one of your all-time favorite accomplishments this far?
0: Having a nationally syndicated radio show. Certainly something I dreamed about as a young guy, wanted to be a broadcaster.
1: Oh, that's And I'm going to get into that in a second here. Two more. What is something generous you've done recently?
0: Stood the whole team up. In staff meeting this morning, everybody that touched the book in some form or fashion, whether it was code on the website or design or editing or copy or anything, and uh, stood them up in front of our nearly 900 team members and looked them all in the eye to the best of my ability and just told them that the success of this book uh, was on their shoulders and that uh, they had a huge part in it. And I couldn't say thank you enough.
1: Oh man, that is awesome. Words of affirmation. So powerful. And last but not least, what are you grateful for today?
0: Uh, Grateful that I get to do what I was created to do.
1: The whole point of your book. That's a great segue into some questions that we're going to go a little bit deeper on. I really want to start with the congratulations because if I have this correct, today is literally day one for this launch into National Syndication for you, for your show. Is that right?
0: That's right. We've been on SiriusXM nationally for almost two years, but today we go AM, FM, uh, across the nation, just getting started, launched out today. And so that's... uh, it's it's a historic day for certainly what I'm doing and uh, something I dreamed about for a long time.
1: Oh man, Ken, congratulations! It's a huge Thank deal you. because you you kind of started this around 2002. Is that right?
0: Yeah, it's well, it probably even about 2006 when I really began to put my toe out. But it took me uh, every bit of seven years uh, to get to a point where I was with Ramsey Solutions and uh, getting the opportunity to kind of build something and then two years later so about nine years before we had the national show and uh it's been quite a journey but uh one that i think is important for my listeners people who read the stuff that i write who listen to my talks to understand that uh, it was that long of a process you know that it, it doesn't happen overnight and anything worth doing is is certainly going to be a journey
1: I love that. And it's actually a great lead into where I really wanted to start because long before you were living out this dream of having a best seller uh, book the proximity principle and having this nationally syndicated show you were felt just kind of stuck or lost and and can you kind of take us back there prior to living out your dream?
0: Yeah, I I was uh, in a situation where I had gotten to a point where I knew that the path towards politics and public office was not the play, but I had gotten myself into a corporate setting so that I could branch out of that. And so I went through a little bit of a, okay, this is weird. Something that I was so focused on for so long is no longer my passion. And so I began the, the process of rediscovery Because I wasn't just aimlessly walking about, but I knew that something had to change because the direction wasn't the way I wanted to go. So I I walked through a process with a a dear friend who had done a lot of coaching for CEOs and went through a discovery process and realized broadcasting was where I wanted to go. And so I I stepped out, started my own company so that I would have the uh, freedom to chase all of this, Chris. But I was really scared and I was overcome with a lot of doubt. And so it took about two, three years of dragging my feet, just barely kind of trying some things, really not doing a whole bunch of anything. And the point you're talking about is I was sitting on my back patio one uh, April morning and uh, drinking coffee and just looking out into the beautiful woods kind of back behind the house. And I had gone through a couple little things of rejection, uh, just didn't have any momentum going on this thing and realized that I was spending most of my time running this company. That I have no passion for, but it's just taking care of the family and grateful for that, but just feeling stuck and realized that that nobody was sitting around thinking about how they could help Ken Coleman live his dream. And that was a stark reality. Cause I'd just been kind of sitting around, why doesn't anybody notice me? How come I can't get more opportunity? And I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. So it was in that moment that I realized that great truth that if I was gonna if I was going to get where I wanted to be. Do the work that I was created to do. I was going to have to strike out on my own and create the opportunities, and that's when I began this whole process of going, okay, let me just simplify this 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 journey to broadcast and starting at 33. It is doable. It's going to be very difficult. And I can't overcome the odds, but only by being intentional to get around the right people, get in the right places. That's where opportunity exists. So that was the moment where I picked myself up by the back of my shirt and said, let's get after it.
1: Mm, I love it. I want to go back to about halfway through what you just said. And you said you were grateful for having the career that you did, and it took care of the family, yet you knew there was something more. Once in a while, I feel like people get stuck on, I should be grateful for what I have. How dare I? You know, tear off the Band-Aid and start from scratch. What do you say to those people that have those doubts?
0: Yeah, I love that question. Had a caller like that today. She asked me, should I feel guilty for wanting to be a nurse practitioner and make you know a little bit less money than be a nurse anesthetist and make a lot more money? I want to do this, but I can bring in more money to help my family and my kids. And she's doing fine. And I, this woman is overcome with guilt over over what's going to amount to thirty dollars to $40,000 difference. And she's going to be making six figures as a, as a nurse practitioner. And so there's a guilt there. So the core of your question is people feeling guilty uh, for wanting something more fulfilling when they have a really good situation. And that's the wrong mindset. Uh, because what's happening is your soul, your heart, are longing for something more and what happens is, is, you'll look at your current situation and you'll say, well, I make really good money now. I'm taking care of the family. I'm respected. I'm good in my craft, whatever it is. And if I were to somehow desire something more than that, which would require change, boy, that's crazy. And it's, it's silly. And boy, I shouldn't think that way. And what it is, Chris, you're right. You nailed it. It comes across as guilt but it's an excuse to have a fear. And the fear is the fear of change, the fear of what others are going to say if you walk away from something that on the surface seems really great and a lot of people would die for it, but it's not what you were created to do. And so we kind of manufacture this guilt so that we can then say, you know what? I, I, I shouldn't be looking at anything else. I got a great life. I should just keep doing what I'm doing, have a decent, nice, average life, and uh, and then just move on. And what happens is, Chris, when people do that, they get to the end of their journey, and they look back on life, and they're full of regret instead of looking back and reminiscing on the adventure, on the journey, on being who they're supposed to be, singing the song that they were created to sing.
1: Mm, I absolutely love that. You know, one of my favorite points of what you teach is how you say finding opportunities to do what you love is as simple as getting around the right mm-hmm. people and being in the right places. Now, this makes sense to you and me, because it's the way we live. But to a lot of people, talk about fears that they have. Mm -hmm. They're saying things like, oh, easy for you to say, but I'm stuck in, I don't know, Gary, Indiana, or Green Bay, Wisconsin, or wherever with a, a job that I depend on and a family to feed. How do you address that?
0: Well, it depends on the specific situation. I'd have to know the rest of that equation. So for instance, if they call in and say, Ken, I'm in uh, IT, uh, but I want to move into home renovation. And and yet, uh, I've got debt, I've got three kids, I've got a mortgage, and, and I'm, I'm in this small town. I, I don't think I know enough people at all. How do I use this proximity principle to get an opportunity? Well, let's take that example. So, you know, first thing we want to verify, by the way, Chris, you know, this is Do you have the chops to actually pull this off? Like, are you handy? Mm -hmm. You know, like if I try to go start a home rental business, I'm going to fail miserably because I can barely hold a hammer.
1: (laughs) You and me both, by the way.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, So the idea here is we want to make sure that we've got some skill and talent in this area. And so, of course, in most situations, and the the format of your question is that's the case. So, what are we going to do? Well, I'm going to take that caller and i'm going to say listen i want you to go hang out with over coffee over lunch with some contractors uh and i'm sure you know somebody in your town that knows a contractor i'll bet you know somebody who's hired somebody to come in to do their bathroom or their kitchen or i'll bet you know somebody who knows somebody who works in, in a drywall crew or a framing crew or you know an electrician or you know a plumber so all of a sudden By just doing a little bit of shaking your relationship tree, you can find somebody who's a contractor who does some home renovations or maybe has their own construction company that does fully building up houses. So the idea is is we find people who are doing what we want to do. And we sit down with them over coffee and lunch. And we go at this with a uh, three-part strategy. Number one, you're going to be humble. Number two, you're going to be thankful. And number three, you're going to be prepared. And you go in and people feel tremendously valued when you show humility and say, look, I'm just trying to kick the tires on this deal. Uh, you're successful. And I want to learn from somebody like you because I'm very interested in maybe being where you are someday. Number two, I'm super grateful for your time. It's your most valuable commodity. And, uh, and I'm really grateful. And as a result, I've prepared some questions. I want to go over some stuff and get your take, get your insight uh, on this. And you, if you go into a situation like that, they're going to feel like a million dollars. And of course, they're going to help you. They're going to give you advice. And they're most likely going to make other connections for you, point you to some other people, put you in some places. And by doing this, by using the proximity principle, then you're going to get the information you need. You're going to get the chance to learn, maybe the chance to do, maybe you get a couple odd jobs, and you're going to get the chance to connect. And we're doing all of this very low risk. You're not leaving your job. You're not jumping into the abyss or jumping off of a cliff. We're going to get into proximity to people who are doing home rentals and see how they started their business. What do they charge? Uh, How do they get their crews together? What licensing is involved? How much is that going to cost? How long is that going to take? And all of a sudden, what seems really scary and hard to pull off becomes very straightforward. And the facts are right there in front of you. You Okay, based on these answers, it's going to take me this long. And uh, once I get there, then I can start this. I can do it on the side, 15 hours a week, 10 hours, whatever. And if I save up this amount of money with this side hustle, this this entrepreneurial gig, if I save up this much money for this many months, I'll be able to then step from the day job into the dream job. It's as simple and as practical as I just, I kind of sped you through the process. But that's what I would say to somebody who goes, oh, I don't know enough people. or I can't get around people in my little area. I think that's just a bunch of garbage. In fact, you know, Chris, I write in the book, uh, the first place of the five places is where you are. And the law of the zip code says that everything you need to get started on the path is already around you. That doesn't mean you're going to stay there forever, but you certainly can get started on the path to fulfilling your purpose where you are right now.
1: I love that because a lot of times people use physical proximity as an excuse, right? Well, I don't live around like-minded people. I don't live around opportunity or my town is struggling. But I love how you differentiate that getting started is available to you right where you are. Maybe it's not where you have to end up, but That's getting right. started is, is available. I want to back up just a sec. You gave the perfect formula for getting around the right people as you teach. it. And you and I both know how important that is. And it's a real tough struggle for many people because they feel awkward and they don't know how to ask for time. I know one of the uh, questions I get a lot on Instagram is, you know, how how could I ever uh, get the time to pick your brain? And and that phrase kills me. Like I can't stand that that phrase. Pick my brain. (laughs) And I love how you teach. Don't be an opportunistic jerk. Can you explain that piece of it a little bit?
0: Yeah, I mean, people can smell that a mile away. So if you come at somebody and all you're looking for is for them to make your next connection a little bit easier or to give you that job that you want so bad you can taste it, uh, it's not going to work. And you're going to turn into this networking nightmare where it's a transaction and people feel like you're kind of this vampire that just flies around looking to you know bite somebody and infuse whatever you can out of them to help you versus what I described a moment ago which is the one-to-one connections and you're out there trying to learn from people. So people, if you come to somebody and say, listen, I want to learn from you and I'd like to do that over coffee. Uh, I'll do it in 20 minutes. I'll do it in 30. I'll do it in 45, whatever you got for me. Uh, but I just want to learn from you. I'm not asking you to, don't go in asking for a job. Don't go in asking for them, you know, to do anything for you other than to give you insight. And 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 at the end of that conversation, Chris, you know this, Most people are going to say, hey, how can I help you? How else can I help you? And that's when you can say, hey, who are some other people you think I need to do this with, sit down with? Or what are some places where I can go audit something or I can go watch something or I can go hang around? Maybe I can volunteer or I can go learn. What's a good class? Is there an online resource? That kind of stuff. And then they're giving you more information and many times will be willing to make the connection for you. But you don't come at it with that opportunistic, like, Hey, listen, I want to be here and I think I've got the talent. I'm going to do it and there's no stopping me. And I just know that you're the kind of person that can help me. So I'm here to ask you to help me. And they're going to be like,
1: oh gosh, can I take a shower first? I love it because everyone's come across that person before and you can smell them coming a mile away, like no pun intended there. Speaking of connecting with the, the right people, you talk about the five people to look for, the professors, the professionals, the mentors, the peers, and the producers. Now, I'll let everybody go to the book to kind of read what each one of these is, but I've got two questions around them. The first one is, if you had to choose just one of these individuals as being the biggest difference maker, which one would it be?
0: That's a good question. Nobody's asked me that one. (laughs) Um, I'm going to try to be true and answer it because I think a lot of people go, well, Chris, I can't choose because they're all important. They're like my babies. Mm -hmm. I think it's the producer.
1: Mm, Tell me why. Uh,
0: uh, Because the producer, as we described in the book, is, is a man or woman who is winning in the field or in the position or role that you ultimately want to end up in. And they may not be like uh, well-known nationally or not a celebrity-type s- status, but they're just killing it. And that person is almost always someone who can hire you now or later. And even more important, they run with other high producers. So the producer is somebody you can get a face-to-face with, Versus the professional uh, is much uh, that's your celebrity kind of the very top of the echelon, very difficult to get to, but the producers all around you in your zip code. And so those two things are huge. They know what it takes to win in the field because they've done it. And see, I don't want just an expert, Chris. you know this now. I don't mean to be unkind, but we live in a day and age where if you can get enough clicks and enough followers, you're an expert. so true. And I want somebody who's an expert only because of their expertise, meaning their experience. They've actually done it so that we can see their body of work. And so we now, oh, that's an expert because of their experience and their long-term success. That's what I'm looking for is expertise based on experience and winning. And, And so with that in mind, when you're sitting with that person, they're going to give you a master's degree over a cup of coffee and how they got where they are. If they just share their journey, it's absolutely huge to you. But they also not not only are they successful and can give you the their journey, but they know what's going on in the industry. They know what's happening. They know what the trends are. They're looking at what the future looks like. Uh, they know the type of people that win. And then they're deeply connected within that same field that you want to be in. So not only are you going to get great insight from them, Uh, But you're going to get tremendous connections from them because they will remember you. Most times they will connect you. Eventually, they might hire you. So I just think the producer in our lives has the greatest potential to do the most for us if we go about it the right way.
1: Mm, Great answer. And I think you might have actually given the answer to my next question, uh, but maybe not. Which one is the toughest one yet still worthwhile to get to know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's the professional, and it's a great follow-up. Uh, the professional in my world was like the Ernie Johnsons, uh, who I did get a chance to meet briefly with. But let's take Bob Costas, Larry King, uh, David Frost, some of the classiest, you know, best, and most respected broadcasters in the world. I have still not met Larry King. I've not met Bob Costas. Probably could, I guess, at this point if I tried. But back then... You know, they are men that I looked up to, and I would watch them on YouTube. I watched every Larry King live episode there ever was via TiVo, and my wife bought me the box set of his (laughs) DVDs. Uh, You know, and I learned how to do interviews based on watching those two guys. You know, there are other broadcasters. And so if you think of the professional, you think of somebody in your field who is considered the best of the best. So if it's a chef, is it a celebrity chef, world-renowned chef, if it's technology, is it you know Bill Gates, is it, you know, whoever it is. So it's gonna be difficult for you to get one-on-one time. Okay, so I wanna be realistic with people. It's possible, but extremely, extremely limited. But what you can do is read their books. You can listen to podcasts they've been on. You can listen to their speeches. You can watch lectures or interviews they've done on YouTube we can learn from the professional and get in proximity to the professionals because the world is flat within this digital age. You can get in proximity and learn from them without ever being in the same room. Mm -hmm. That's what we mean by professionals and that's how we get in proximity
1: to them. Great advice. Okay, so now I kind of want to shift to the places, right? People are half the equation, places are the other half. And you teach about the five places you need to be, You know, the place that you currently are. And I think that's what you were talking about before with the law of the zip code. The place to learn, the place to practice, the place to perform and the place to grow. Um, Talk to me about these five places. Where would you say is the most important or are they equal to each other?
0: Uh, I think they're equal in that this is the way we've laid these out is a progression. So where you are, we talked about that. This is getting started. So many people, Chris, stay in the starting blocks of life. You know, I think of the Olympics. My favorite event is the Summer Olympics in the track and field, and I love the 100, 200 meter sprints. You know, and so they get in the starting blocks, and we all know that the guy fires that blank from a revolver, and boom, they're gone. Well, most people stay in the starting block because they're so terrified of actually starting. They think, well, I got to move somewhere to go somewhere. We covered that in the law of the zip code, which says everything I need to get started is already around me. So I can begin to connect and learn uh, and do on these levels. So that leads us to uh, these other places. So if you look at a place to learn. So this is, okay, I know I'm going to switch careers or I'm going to start down a different path. Or I'm coming out of college, I've got a degree, but I want to go into a specialization. So what do we need to learn? This is where we're getting qualified. Now, again, we'll use my story, Chris, as an example, because it's, it's just, it's very real. And I, I got into an industry, as you know, it's very difficult to win in, mm-hmm. much less get started in at 33. So I needed to learn some basics of broadcasting. So uh, I went and took a broadcasting school in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Six-week school, uh, a really well-known and and, uh, accomplished television and radio producer started this school. And they taught us everything, how to talk on the mic, how to do some editing, how to write a news story. Just think about everything you could possibly learn. We learned it. And I needed those fundamentals. I needed to be able to say that, hey, I learned how to do this. I needed to know how to succeed on a microphone other than just talking. And so that was a place to learn for me, and it was really important. I still use a lot of those techniques today, and it taught me the basics. Then if you take a place to practice, uh, so I came out of that broadcasting school, and because of that producer... Uh, He gave me a chance to do uh, some sports TV on one of his local television stations, small local cable channel. Uh, I did some football play-by-play, high school football play-by-play for him. But these were not paid gigs. It was basically just uh, because you just came to my class, I'll give you some cuts at the plate. I can't pay you. Uh, I'll give you a per diem. And it was low risk. Even if he had paid me, it wasn't for a living. It was just any kind of extra money. So a place to practice is a low risk place to actually do the craft. So I had gone and I learned how to do it. Now I needed to get on camera, look at a teleprompter, and deliver some highlights or do play by play. But that's what we mean by a place to practice. Your life doesn't depend on it. Your livelihood's not on it. It's just you can do it and you can stink. And get better at it. Because the first time we do something, it's the worst. And then if you move to uh, a place to perform, now this is moving on up. So now we're talking pressure. We've learned, we've practiced it. Now we want to get the job. We want to get in and we want to do this. And now the pressure's on because I'm being paid and there's expectations. It's game time. It's game time. You got it. And so uh, finally, it's a place to grow. This This is actually... Now that you put me to the test, this was probably the one people overlooked the most. This is super important for anybody, 22 to 42, 52. A place to grow, as you know, as we describe in the book, is we want to get in a culture and work environment. We're doing the craft we love. We may not be in the dream job, but we're in the field and we're tracking towards it. But a place to grow is, is designated as a place where there's a ladder. It's a culture, a place where it has been proven that this company develops and promotes its people. That's important. They really pour into their people. They develop them. And after they develop, they move them up the ladder. And you want to be in a place where there is an opportunity. If you do a great job in the now, there's going to be an opportunity to win in the next. And so that's what we mean by a place to grow. We want to make sure there's no lid on us. And now there's going to be times where in your journey, you're going to have to take a role where there's not much of a ceiling. There's not much of a ladder. That's okay but ideally as we get into a, into a situation where we're looking for career advancement we want to always be looking for a place like Ramsey solutions where they 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 train and promote their people from within that's when you have no ladder, excuse me no lid and you can just keep climbing that ladder
1: I love that. You could almost say a place to grow has to do with physical location too, right? So let's say somebody is... Sure. Well, I don't know. What, I'm going to use my example out here. Um, not my example that I wanted to do this, but this town is known for actors and actresses, right? So you, you can know. only go so far with your local playhouse and your local TV stations right. and all that. You may have to consider physically oh, yeah. changing your location in order to grow. Is that right?
0: No question about it. Now, not to get started, and so I love that you asked this one because we talked about that first place where you are. You can start taking acting classes locally and you can learn and grow on your computer watching great actors, watch old interviews of Inside the Actor Studio. But to your point, Chris, as I want to keep moving up as an actor to be a paid actor and to get the opportunity to do the big stuff, no question, New York, L.A., you're going to have to at some point say, "I'm going to go take a shot there," because that whole, this whole entire city represents a place to grow. I'm going to get more opportunities, and the more opportunities I get, the better the opportunities are going to be. And and here's the thing: the closer the proximity, and the better the proximity, if you want to say it that way. So New York, LA, in this example, means better opportunities.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so
0: that's how that works.
1: I love it. We talk about generosity a lot in the show, and I want to be respectful of your time here. So I have just a couple of questions left here. We talk about generosity on the show quite a bit. What role does generosity play in finding the right people and building the right relationships to have this dream career?
0: Well, it's everything, actually. It's absolutely everything. Because the five archetypes of people that we list out in the book, uh, you're going to go after some of those folks, and some of them aren't going to be generous with their time. And so you just need to be okay with that. You need to find the people that are generous with their time because it is their generosity to give you insight, to point you to other right people and make the connection, to point you to the right places and actually maybe make the connection to put you there. It is their generosity that will fuel your journey. And they're out there. Now, there are going to be men and women who just aren't that generous or in that certain day or time, they're not going to help as much as you maybe want them to help. But uh, generosity is huge, and, and this goes both ways. This is reciprocity. So I don't think this is, you know, I don't subscribe to any kind of, you know, new age, you know, thoughts on this. Uh, but I'll just say this. I believe that if you are generous with your time and generous, generous with your resources along the way, that you will also receive that reciprocal generosity from other people as you work this proximity principle. So uh, generosity is huge. We can't get there on our own. It's just impossible. So, you know, as I stood there today, Chris, in front of our whole team, you know, and I could rewind my entire journey and just just get in tears talking about all the men and women who opened a door for me, that helped me, that put me on their shoulders and pushed me into the next opportunity. Uh, You can't live on purpose without generosity.
1: Mm, I love that. I love how you brought reciprocity in there as well, because just at the basic human behavioral um, level, people are going to want to help those who at least made a great attempt to help them. And that's just kind of how we operate naturally as humans. Would you agree?
0: It's absolutely true. And here's how it plays out. If I'm constantly helping other people, even while I feel like I'm still on my journey to my dream, but I'm helping other people whenever I can, uh, I'm telling you what happens is, when you least expect it, somebody that you helped is going to be somehow connected to somebody who can help you, and the word gets out. And if you live with this generosity, I'm just always going to help people, uh, it comes back to you. In fact, Zig Ziglar, one of my heroes, uh, said this one time. Oh, it's one of his most famous quotes. But he said, if you spend your time helping other people get what they want, you'll get what you want. Mm-hmm. Now, what he's saying there is, he's not going, no, don't walk around you know, being fake. <laughs> and just helping people out and then hold your hand out. Hey, I just helped you. What are you going to do for me? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. What we're talking about is we're going to have our antenna up and we're constantly looking for opportunities to give value and add value to others. And that makes you a, a very attractive person. And I think it gives you an aura. And then I also think that your actions eventually accumulate and it all comes back to you when you least expect it.
1: Oh, I love that. and totally agree. Can you name a time that generosity helped you in your journey?
0: Oh, my gosh. I don't know how I'd pick one. <laughs> I mean, I have to mention Dave Ramsey, who, has, who had known me for a decade. We had mutual friends. Uh, we weren't super close. But I had interviewed multiple times, and he uh, had kept looking for opportunities for me to do a few things for him on a hosting level, and they didn't work out. And finally, one of them worked out schedule-wise, and he asked me to do it. And after that, he came to me and said, Hey, we want you on this team. And he didn't have to do that. I didn't make the team. you know. I didn't change the trajectory of the company. Uh, he was looking actively for an opportunity to uh, do something together and to benefit me in those years when I was on my own. He was actively looking for that. And I always have remembered that. And then his generosity to me now, even though I'm on the team, how he has platformed me and what he has done for me has fast forwarded my career by a decade, oh. if not more.
1: That's so cool. What a legend. What a legend that you get to work with there. Where oh, he's the real deal. Where's the best place to follow you?
0: Uh, KenColeman.com as far as information goes. Uh, certainly active on Instagram at KenColemanShow. Uh, but if you go to KenColeman.com, you've got all the social media connections. You've got the phone number for the show. You got all the listings where you can listen to the show, SiriusXM, AM, FM stations. You've got the podcast of the show. And uh, that's where you can buy the book or wherever books are sold. So I'd say KenColeman.com is a great place to start.
1: And that's the best place to buy the book?
0: Yeah, that or wherever your book, wherever you like to buy books. The books are everywhere, and uh, so you can get them wherever you like to shop.
1: The book is absolutely killing it out there. I'm going to do something I do every once in a while uh, when I have an author on the show. I love doing this. For the first ten listeners, the first ten listeners that send both Ken and I a message of what you learned or one of your takeaways on Instagram, I will buy and send you a book. So the first ten wow. listeners to DM both Ken and I what you learned. I will send you a free book. And those go quickly. I, I, it's funny because people will listen to the show You know, a month or two later. They'll be like, Hey, I won the first 10. I'm like, the first 10 <laughs> were gone in the first 10 minutes. That's so, right. I'll, okay, very last question. Give me a reason why people should be unapologetic about their pursuits of success and or happiness. Because
0: you were created to fill a unique role. That means that you, that role are needed And that means that you must do it. So you should be unapologetic to fill the role that the world needs you to play. Your purpose is not about you. It's about the people that you're going to positively impact. So if you don't become who you're supposed to be, you should be apologizing for that. But you should never apologize for pursuing what you were put on this earth to do because we need you. The world needs you to be you.
1: Oh, I love it! What a great answer, Ken Coleman. Everybody, go out and get the book, The Proximity Principle. It is so good. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. But I'm serious. Everything we always, always teach on this show—from building relationship capital to proximity to you know the way that you need to build and, and maximize your tribe—this show is is or this book is exactly how to do it. So, Ken, I can't thank you enough for your time. I know you were busy. Today is day number one of national syndication. You still took out the time to be on the show, and I'm forever grateful for that.
0: Well, Chris, I love what you're doing. Thanks for having me on. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.